We're talking about believing and living. In Christ we find life, right? In Christ alone. We've proclaimed that through song this morning. What a beautiful song. What a great solo, too. <laughs> God is so good. And we, we see his, his goodness and His grace and, and in all that we, that we come across in life. And so our intentionality of our lives should be lived and focused upon Christ. If we're, if we're doing that, then I believe we're doing what we need to be doing. That there's, there's much to be done in this life, I suppose. There's all kinds of choices. There's all kinds of things we could be doing with our lives. There's a million things you could be doing this morning. You could be doing a whole lot of stuff. But rather, you, you choose this morning to, to sit in this house. You later may choose to sit down and listen to this recording that we're recording at this moment. But the choice of the matter here, then the truth of it even, is that, that Christ is life. And in Him, we have life more abundantly. And it's by belief that we have that. And that belief comes because God loves us so much and He opens our eyes to see that we need Him. It's a beautiful thing. It's nothing we can boast of. I, I can't boast about anything. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to boast. <laughs> My God is good enough in and of Himself. And I, I want Him to be glorified in, in all things. And, and we're going through this this book of John, if you'll turn over to John chapter 1, we're going to continue where we left off last week. And what I want us to think about today is the call. The call. We've, we've done an extensive study since I've been here on the call. But there's a call for you and I today. There's a call for, for us to hear and to heed. And then there's, there's probably, there may be more groups, but I, I would say probably in this crowd, in this audience, people hearing this sermon this morning, you have those who have been called, and you need to be reminded that you're called. There, all the believers say, "Amen." We need to be reminded. But I also know that there may be people listening to this sermon, hearing this sermon live, who, in their heart of hearts, they've never believed, and they need to today. And I believe that call today is going out. The Bible teaches us that if we hear the Word of God, our faith grows. And if you're hearing the Word of God today and, and God has given you the amount of faith, the ability to see the fact that you need a Savior, then today can be the day of salvation. Today could be that day that you believe and then you find life. Look at John chapter 1, starting there with verse 35. We're going to be looking at the call of the first disciples. I'm not going to go through each and every disciple and how they were called, but, but there's this passage of scripture here that I believe that that applies to how we're called and and how the Lord speaks to us. I believe the disciples were specifically called for a purpose. They were the disciples. They were to become the apostles. But in like manner, God calls you and I today to be followers of him. And I believe he does it in the same way. Understand that the disciples, they were no different than you and I. They were just people, right? They were guys who were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were doctors. There's all this stuff that we read about in Scripture. You know, these guys that followed Jesus. You also had uh, women who followed Christ too, right? You had prostitutes and, and, and homemakers and moms. Aren't moms wonderful? All this, all these things, all these people that followed Jesus, we, we see them here, but, but these people were just people. You and I were just people. John chapter 1, starting with verse 35, we see a call of people. Look at this. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. We think that's Andrew and John. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Two disciples heard him say this, 
and they followed Jesus. Mark that. Jesus turned and said to them that were following, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the 10th hour. And one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and he said, you are Simon the son of John, you shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Would you pray with me? Lord, we have heard your word today. This beautiful account of you interacting with the, with the men who would go on to proclaim and advance the gospel, the ones who would, who would have writings of your life, the ones who would teach us the essentials of what it is to follow you. And Lord, they are just men called by you. Men who... At one point in their life, they believed, and now they have eternal life. And Lord, we are in that same boat. Today we can believe, and today we can live. Would you bless your words today in your most holy name? Amen. I mentioned earlier that there's two groups of people. You have the believers and the unbelievers, right? Scripture often equates it to the, the, the sheep and the goats. I don't know if you're a goat or not. Goat is kind of a good term nowadays, right? I kind of want to be a goat now. I'm the greatest of all time, right? I want to be that in my life, but Scripture, not so much. You don't want to be the, the greatest of all time as a goat in the Scripture. You want to be a sheep. You want to be someone who follows Christ. I know there's, there's negative connotations as to the term sheep, even to today's society. We've, it's interesting how the world has flip-flopped the terms, right? And at one time, you know, a sheep was a good thing and a goat was a bad thing. Well, now, again, it's... Greatest of all time versus someone who just blindly follows. But honestly, we are called to blindly follow Jesus by faith, not by sight, not by our own power. And what we see here in this, in this passage, we see some guys who just begin to follow Jesus. I don't know your story necessarily. I know some of your stories. But there was a point in your life when you heard the call of the gospel it was a time in your life when the words hit you, the, the words came to you, and you realized your sin, you realized your need for a Savior, and you said, thank you, Lord, I accept this. Please forgive me, a sinner. You repented of your sins, and you turned, and you followed Jesus. I pray you've never turned and went back. I pray you're still continuing to follow Jesus. You know, the, the, the teachings of, of Jesus are great. And during that time period, anyone who followed a rabbi, they said a good student of a teacher would have been a student who was covered in the dust of their teacher. They would follow so closely. And even today in, in modern uh, uh, teachings, there, there are still rabbis in the Jewish traditions out there. They have students who follow them. I, I have no doubt I've seen them in, in airports before. And, and the students are always right on the tails of the teacher. And I believe you and I, we need to be so close to Christ that we're just covered in his dust. We're, we're walking that close to Jesus. And for you believers today, the, the sheep, you need to realize your calling, remember your calling, and live and thrive in that. Let's not give up. 
Let's not let COVID get us down. Let's not let weather get us down. Let's not let politics get us down. Let's not let really long sermons get us down. But rather, let's, let's get pumped up about Christ. Let's be covered in his dust. Let's follow him. Let's remember our calling. Maybe some of us today, we've never answered that call. Well, today you can know him. And Christ calls us in specific ways. And the first point I want us to look at this morning is this point right here. Jesus calls us where we are. Let that sink in for a moment, okay? I think for some way, for some reason, you and I, we may think, well, you know, when God called me, I was sitting in, you know, the ABC First Baptist Church, you know, in Oklahoma, and it was a holy place, and I was called there. But, but I want you to look past where you were saved. I, I was, you know, I, I heard the call and was, was saved at a church camp. You, you may have the same kind of story. You, maybe you were saved at a VBS. Maybe you were saved in a living room. Maybe you were saved while you're driving down the road. I think that really lends to the point I'm about to make to you. Jesus sees you where you are, and he calls you right where you're at, in your sin, wherever you're at today. In your, in your story, in your testimony, God calls us where we're at. We didn't like all of a sudden one day wake up and think, man, I need to, I need to be better. I need to be good. No, we don't do that. That's a, we're able to see our sin because Jesus shines a light upon us and we can see our need for a savior. And he calls us where we're at. Salvation is not of our own. It is of Christ. And, and here we see, you know, there's some guys here. They're, they're seeking the truth, right? They're following John the Baptist. They, they, they said that they're students of John here. But he calls them that day. I love the fact that John, he, he doesn't pull back and you know get jealous at this point. You don't hear where John starts crying or say, hey, come back and follow me again. I'm losing some of my followers here. Honestly, in the church, we're called to send people out. In this, in this very church, and I believe we will see it. We will see where people will come up in this church, knowing Christ, educated in Christ, and then will go forth to proclaim Christ. That's the, that's the hallmarks of a healthy church. I'm, I'm not here to solidify my job for time and for eternity. Actually, I want to work myself out of a job. That's my goal. And I think that's what our, our goal should all be that, that we understand that the gospel needs to continue on. And for that to happen, then we must understand that we are not the rabbi. We are not the teacher, but Jesus is. And these guys were following John the Baptist and, and they're following them. We think it's John. We think it's Andrew. And they're following this John. They've been listening to his teachings. They've been going to the river and watching the baptisms and all of this kind of stuff. But they're down there and Jesus walks by on the next day. So Jesus had been baptized and all that happened. The very next day, John the Baptist looks at Jesus and says, behold the lamb. He says it again, right? He doesn't say, oh, you guys stay with me. But guys, here's Jesus. Behold, the Lamb, the Christ, the Messiah. And in that call, what happens? We see that these guys who were following John all of a sudden are now following Jesus, right? Did you guys catch that? Behold, the Lamb of God. And it says that the two disciples heard him say this, heard John say this, John the Baptist. And it says they followed Jesus. They saw the declaration of who Jesus was, much like you and I today. We heard the truth of who Jesus is, and all of a sudden, everything clicked. Everything was right. We knew that Christ is the one. John, Andrew, they knew that Christ was the one by this declaration. And Jesus called them where they were at. They were following a man who was preparing the way, and good on them. That's great. 
I'm glad they were following John the Baptist. John was doing what God had made him to do, what God had called him to do, and now it was time for them to follow Jesus, and they did. And God calls us today wherever we're at. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with. Everybody here deals with sin. Everybody here deals, deals with humanness. <laughs> Everybody here deals with stuff each and every day. You guys about sick and tired of sickness? Yeah? I was never so happy in my life to hear this week that my son had an ear infection and not COVID. That was awesome, you know? It's like, praise the Lord for ear infections. And I guess praise the Lord for whatever I had. It wasn't COVID, but it was something else. It was no fun. But Jesus calls us wherever we are. And so we have to get past this point that it's a, it's a location. It's us in a certain state of mind. No, it's Jesus calling you exactly where you are. In other words, Jesus is, is in control of the calling here. I was called when I was, you know, honestly, when I was young. I've told the story before, but I remember when I was, I was five or six years old, we were living in a big town called Enterprise, Oklahoma. If you've never heard of it, I wouldn't blame you because it's not really a town. It's just a community. And I was down at the pond or creek playing, fishing, doing whatever little boys do at the time. And, and I really, at that moment, I heard the Lord call me. You know, like, like I felt like God saying, Daniel, I want you to be a preacher. And so I'm all excited. And I go home and I tell my dad, I said, Dad, you're never going to believe this. We lived in this little bitty house in the country. It's a beautiful place. But I told him, I said, you'll never believe this. I really think God wants me to be a preacher. And dad laughed at me, okay? Everybody understand this. My dad laughed at me and he said, that's funny because you're, you're never going to make any money and you're never going to be rich. But really the joke was on my dad, not so much on myself, because about two years later he accepted the call to ministry and he pastored until the Lord called him home. The Lord calls us, right? It's, it's not, it's not our, ourselves. I was five years old, and you know, I grew up as as a kid in the in the shadow of a great pastor, a great minister, a great evangelist, a great missionary. At the age of fifteen, I accepted that call. What what was the significance of where I was saved? It wasn't a significance of where I was saved. It was the fact that Jesus called me. He came to me where I was at. He came to fifteen year old Daniel. He came to five year old Daniel. And God calls to us, he comes to us, wherever we are today. And, and when you think about these two disciples, Jesus does not allow the two disciples to follow unnoticed. Again, let's go back to what happens here. Like, what was the change here? John says what? Behold the Lamb of God. And these guys are following John, and all of a sudden, now they're following Jesus. And Jesus did not want to let that go unnoticed. Actually, the Greek word there that we see there, um, it, it, it's this idea when he looks at them and he asks them, what are you looking for? It wasn't like a passive type thing, you know? Like today you may see somebody, you know, what's up? That wasn't how Jesus was saying it here. He, he was intentional with why he's asking them, what are you looking for? What, what are you looking for? That was an intentional wording there. Circumstantial. And he looks on them, and the reason behind it is because he wants to draw attention to the fact that they're no longer following John, but now they're following him. What's up? <laughs> this may be the first uh, instance in Scripture where someone says, what's up? His question was intended to encourage them, to allow them to see the change that had happened in their life, the, the change of direction, the new leader there. And they turn around and they, they don't like waste time. They're not like sir, mister, but they immediately call him what? You can see it there yourself. 
What do they call him? Rabbi. Immediately. Like, he recognized the change in their life, where they were at, and they immediately called him teacher. And that's, that is significant to me as a follower of Jesus Christ, because when you think about it, when Jesus called me, after he called me, I knew exactly who he was, and I didn't have any, any problem saying, you're the Lord, you're my Savior. And these guys did not either. Jesus calls us where we are. And that's a beautiful thing. And I, I have to think about this for a moment. These guys, you know, they were men who worked. They, they were guys who went out and they, they didn't just follow crazy men in the desert. They also had jobs. They had families. And we don't think about that a lot, do we? I mean, these were, these were men. So they, they probably had, you know, wives and children. They had, they had responsibilities. They had things of this nature. But in all of that, there must have been some fear, maybe a little bit. I don't think they were perfect in their following. I think they were probably like, man, I hope my wife doesn't kill me or hope, you know, hope mom and dad approve of this. I hope society in general doesn't hate me for following Jesus instead of John or, or following Jesus instead of the, the synagogue or whatever. There must have been fear here. There must have been problems. There must have been humanness going on in their life. But in our callings, and in their callings we see this, we must trust in the voice of Christ. Hear that tonight. Hear that today. We must trust in what? In the voice of Christ. In church, I want to call you today. We, we got a good thing going here. But if you've been called today, trust in that voice and go. Trust in that voice and go. I've had a couple opportunities in the last couple of weeks to you know, do some, some work for the Lord, some mission work, some reaching out to people in the community, things of that nature, just different things. And every one of those callings that the Lord has thrown before me, it's, it's, kinda, it's almost like this. It's a step of faith, but I trust Jesus. And today, if you're hearing the call of God, trust his voice. These disciples, they trusted in the voice of Jesus and they went. And so we have to get past the negatives of our past. We have to get past ourselves. We have to get past what society says. And we must look to Christ as the creator of our faith. It is Christ who calls us where we are. Romans 5, 6, uh, when we're reading there, it talks about this idea of calling. Romans 5, 6, of course, it talks about how for while we were still weak, everybody say weak, okay? What he's saying there is while we were still in sin, while we were still without strength, without life, before we believed, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, who was that? Was that the guy down the street that's not in church right now? No, well, it was, yeah. But it was for you and I, too. It's for all of us. For while we were weak, at the right time, Christ died for us, the ungodly. Verse 7, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, all of this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ came to us. Jesus calls us where we are. It's a work of God. It's not a work that we do. It's a work of God. Second point I want to look at this morning is that Jesus invites us to know. If you've been called today, that's great. But here's the thing too. Christ desires that you know what he's calling you to. Now, what do you mean by that, pastor? Here's what I mean. Everybody here... Yeah, Maybe on your phone, maybe it's a book, maybe it's on the screen, but we all have access to the Word of God today. 
His desire is that you get into that word. Not only does he know you and calls you where you're at, but he also gives you the information that you need. Those that he calls, he prepares and he equips. He doesn't just haphazardly just throw us out there and say, well, good luck with that, <laughs> you know. Joni and I, we've been, um, we've been watching this show. It's called Survivor. I don't know if we have any Survivor fans in the house today. But we've been going back and watching old seasons. Like, that's how big a Survivor nerds that Joni and I are. I, I, I have this kind of almost desire to, to try out. And every year when they, you hear these tryouts for Survivor, I'm like, man, I, I think I want to do that. You know, I'd be that cool pastor on there, you know. Like that, that, that cool guy. You guys are like, no, he, you wouldn't be cool. You, please don't do that. You would embarrass our church. But, but I have this, this idea in my mind that it would be great to be on the, the game show Survivor. I would love it. I could be great. And a lot of these people on Survivor, they're thrown out there and they're not given anything, right? Now, some of them, they come, they would be like me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to make fire before I go, right? I'm going to learn how to kill fish with a spear before I go. I'm not going to wait till I get there and starve to death or freeze to death before I figure it out. God forbid I get voted off or sent to you know, some island and have to live it out by myself. But Jesus does not do that to his followers. He equips them as he calls us. And we just need to, to get in the know. He invites us to know about what he's called us to. And church, we ought to be happy today because we have the word of God to get us where we need to go. This is a beautiful thing to have the plan right here in front of us. The plan is right here. People often ask, well, you know, how do you grow a church? How do you continue ministries? How do you start new ministries? How do you strengthen your, your membership? How do you get new membership? All this kind of stuff. We get into the word of God. That's how we do it. Programs are great. They can help us, but the Word of God should be central. If we as the church of God are not into the Word of God, then we're not going to be strong by faith. We're going to be strong by our own knowledge. We need to be strong by faith. These guys got up, followed Jesus, just at a declaration as to who, who he was. And today, Christ is inviting you and I to know him. We watched a video earlier about Christ inviting us to prayer. How many of y'all pray, you know? Now, wait a minute. Let me, let me preface that. Not just when you eat. Not just when your sports team's down. <laughs> not, not, uh, not just when someone cuts you off in traffic and you're wanting to give them the California high sign. You're like, Lord, give me strength, right? If you're from California, I apologize, but that's just that's what we call it. But prayer should be an essential part of our life. That's part of knowing too, right? Chip Ingram, he says that the ancient path of communion with God is knowing what he's really like. And prayer is simply keeping company with God. If you want to know God, talk to him. If you want to know God, study what he's about. And honestly, when we think about it, he doesn't just call us where we're at, but now he invites us to know him. Think about this for a moment. The disciples, when they followed Jesus, I mean, did he preach and teach and then kind of go off to his own personal suite? And they, you know, no, I mean, he lived with them. They knew each other. They, they, they were consistently together. They were, they were, you know, hungry together. They were hot together. They were well rested together. They were amazed at the work of God together. They were together. And Christ today invites us to know him. I know a lot of people say, man, I'm just, you know, I, I want this in church and I want that in church or I want this type of relationship with God, yet they never seek it. But we know in Scripture that if we seek, we're going to what? We're going to find. 
Today, Jesus not only calls us, but he also says this, know me. And if you seek it, you're going to find it. Romans, again, that whole chapter of Romans 5 just really speaks to our heart. But Romans 5, 9 says, since therefore we have been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by death of his son, much more now than we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. This idea that we've been given the answer here. How are we saved? Is it by our works? Is it by our denominations, our affiliations? Is it by how we dress? Is it by how, what we eat? How we vote? We are saved based on the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins. We need to know that. And honestly, the whole world needs to know that. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of people I know in the world who don't know Jesus, and they really feel like they're doing the right thing because they're doing the right things, but they're not the right things. They're the wrong things because there's only one right thing, and that's Jesus. He's the real thing. That's our Christ. He's the one that is inviting us today to know him. If he's called us, he's called us right where we're at. And and since he has called us, he's inviting us to know him today. Church, we ought to want to know him more, right? I had an opportunity, uh, you know, maybe hopefully in the next year or two uh, of going and doing some ministry work in, in a foreign country. How cool is that? Doing a little bit of evangelism work. Honestly, going exactly where Paul went. If you got questions about that, you can come talk to me. If that's something you're interested in, come talk to me because I'm trying to build a team right now. But the thing is, is that what we're talking about going to, to this place called Turkey, of all places, going to where like Paul went and preached, right? The seven churches in in Revelation, it's all mentioned there. Like, how cool would it be for your pastor? It'd be cool for me. I'm, I'm a pastor nerd. Understand this, right? To go and preach where Paul preached, how cool would that be? What's even cooler, though, it's not just saying you did it, but the country that I may get the opportunity to go minister in at some point is 99.9% Muslim. Don't, don't, let's throw Muslim out of there, right? 99% unbelievers. 99% dead. But those people can believe and live today. What a beauty it is to follow Jesus. And that's my point today is if he's called us where we're at, that's great, which he has. But he's also inviting us to know him, to know him. And what do we need to know? We need to know that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And apart from him, there is no life. There's nothing at all. The last thing I want us to know today is this. Because I believe that we see it here in this passage of Scripture. He calls us, he invites us to know him, but I want you guys to catch this because I think this is an encouragement to the church today. Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you. And that passage we read where Jesus is walking and, you know, these guys start following him. Well, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, right? Andrew says, hey, Peter, you got to come see this guy. He's, he's the Messiah. He's, you know, he's probably like, ah, whatever, Messiah. We've had lots of Messiahs come and go. And, you know, we're, we're, he was just kind of probably down and out about it. But he says, hey, I want you to come see this Messiah. He is the one. And so he does. And it says here that Andrew, he, he brought him to Jesus. Now that's significant, right? I, I believe we ought to be a little more convicted to bring people to know Jesus. As the church, we ought to be saying, you know what? This sun- Every Sunday ought to just be full of people who are unsaved in here. Not because they heard that our church was awesome, right? 
Not because we have the most comfortable seats in town. But they need to be fooled because the church is going out there and bringing their friends here to hear about Jesus. Jesus can be heard in all places, but I'm saying particularly on Sunday mornings, our churches ought to be full of sinners, unsaved. I, 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 I put this before you today. Instead of trying to think, well, if we have bigger TVs, louder sound, coffee in the foyer, she lights, instead of all that, why don't we as the church believe what we've been called to and based on the fact that we know Jesus, go out here and call people and bring them here to hear about Jesus. This ought to be a call. This ought to be something we're serious about. And I know we're all like, yeah, we believe that. We're serious about that. Then why don't we have unsaved friends with us here today? It is life and death, isn't it? It's life and death. And Jesus, here he, he sees this man whose name was Simon. And he looks at him and he doesn't just say, what's up, dude? But he looks at Simon and he says this, Simon, son of John. Some of the translations say Simon, Barjona. But he looks at him and he identifies Simon as if he knows him, which he does, right? Back to the first part of the chapter. In the beginning, everything was created by him. There wasn't anything created that wasn't created by him. This is Jesus, right? Jesus knew Simon. He says, hey, you, I know you. I know your daddy. I know your mama too. And then he changes his name. He tells him your name is going to be Peter, right? Cephas. You shall be called Cephas. Jesus called this guy because he knew him. And that applies to you and me today because guess what? He knows us. He knows us. He knows exactly who we are. He, he, he today is thinking about you. We know in Scripture that Jesus is at the Father's right hand, and what's he doing for us? He's interceding for us. In other words, he knows us. He knows us. Andrew brings Peter to Jesus. That's beautiful. But the, the really the beautiful thing we see in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus already knew who he was before Andrew got there. And honestly, I don't believe it was Andrew saying, hey, you need to meet my brother, Simon. No, I believe it was supernaturally by the power of God that Jesus knew who he was, and he called him. He called him because he loved him. And I believe it's true that Jesus must be encountered to be comprehended at times. In other words, there's a world out here. They're trying to find the answer. They're trying to find the way. They're trying to find the truth. They're trying to find the life. They're trying to be happy. They're trying to have all the things in the world that matter. But until we show them Jesus, they're going to be searching for something else. It's the depravity of our minds. We're so depraved, we're not going to seek Jesus on our own. But if we can drag people, and don't really drag them, okay? Don't do that. I don't want to see people with ropes and chains dragging people in here. You're going to hear about Jesus whether you like it or not. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're, if you're bringing people to hear about Jesus, if they can experience Jesus, I believe this, that by faith, by hearing the word, they can be saved. That's how the work of the gospel, the advancement of his good word is to be done. And it doesn't just apply to us today, but it applies to the way that we work, the way that we do church. The way that we seek out things. Instead of searching out the shiny things in church in order to get people here, we need to be adamant and busy about letting people know who Jesus is. Because once they encounter him, don't you believe that they can be changed? Man, I've been at a lot of basketball games the last couple weeks. And people get pumped about games, you know. They get excited about games. 
They get excited about scores, and you, know, you see the coaches down there. Our coach the other night, man, he got up in our boys' faces, and I was like, yeah, get them, coach, you know? <laughs> I hope he didn't think I was being like, I yelled it, like, get them, coach. I wasn't being sarcastic. Get them. Get them. It's okay, right? He was fired up, and he was, he was trying to get the boys fired up, too. And they were doing great, but they need to get a little more fired up. And I think today that we need to get a little fired up about Jesus. We need to be excited about Christ. If, if we believe all these points that we've talked about, if, if we believe that he's called us where we're at, well, that's a miracle, right? If we believe that he's inviting us to know him, that's awesome. He's not just putting us out there like a survivor contestant. He's saying, here, I'm going to give you everything that you need in order to do this. But man, the beautifulness over it all is that he already knows us anyways. He already knew Peter. You know, Peter walks up and he's like, hey, I'm going to meet this guy. And he's like, hey, I know you. Oh, wow. How did you know me? Did you Google me? Did you, you know, get on my Facebook? What, how? No, they didn't have all that back then. I don't know if you knew that or not. But they didn't have all that stuff during that time period. It, there must have been some reason. And the reason is because Jesus is God. He is Savior. And he knows us. He knows us. He knows who we are. I mean, we, we can't neglect to know that. We can't neglect to think about that today. We need to be pumped about it. We need to trust in Jesus. Charles Stanley, he said once that trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what God sees. We walk around like this a whole lot of the time, don't we? Oh, man. Let me be honest, coming to, coming to this church a few months ago, you know, it was a big step of faith for, for me and for my family. It's a big step of faith for you guys too, right? And I think there was a little bit of this at the beginning, kind of like, well, how's this going to go? This Daniel guy, he might be a weirdo. I am. This church might be weird. They are, right? We'll go back and forth on this one. This church may like cranberry sauce, which I, by the way, somebody left a can up here for me. Thank you for whoever did that. And the, and the conversation goes on. I'll eat this for lunch. But in all of this, church, I want you to hear this. In all of this, even in that, I think overall, as an example, we chose to see what God sees and not necessarily what we're seeing in the moments. But we're choosing to see what God sees. Okay, God, we don't understand everything. We don't understand how all this is going to work, but we know that it's going to work, right? And it was a few months ago, not only was, the, I'm not here as pastor, but we didn't have a worship leader, right? We didn't have, you know, we had violinists, but man, now she's getting used in like a beautiful way too. I love the way it's mingling. We got you know, lead guitarist, pianist. We need a bagpipist. If there's anybody here that plays bagpipe, that'd be awesome. We got St. Patrick's Day's coming up. I know it's Scottish, but it'd still be cool. These are things we can't just see, but we know that God is what? He's overall. He calls us. He invites us to know him. What are we to know? We're to know that, hey, we can trust him. I don't know if you realize this or not, but John, Andrew, here we see Peter. From this moment on, they followed Jesus. From this moment on, they, they did the work of the gospel. What's really cool is we see this account written here, but one day we will get to, by faith, we will get to talk to these guys. And there's a written account here, but there's one day we can, we can know them. And to see that, you know what? They were just men that God loved. And I want us to kind of quit and stop the thinking that, well, we're just... McLeod First Baptist Church. Oh, I'm just me. You know? 
You guys ever watch Harry Potter? I don't want to get anybody. Okay, if you're against Harry Potter, I'm sorry. But I watched Harry Potter, read the books. But in Harry Potter, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a scene where Harry's asked, who are you? And he's like, well, I'm just Harry. He says it's just like that. Well, I'm just Harry. Oh, you're Harry Potter. You know, I mean, it's, there was a name there. I think when God looks at us, we maybe be like that a lot of times. Well, I'm just Daniel, right? I'm just Jesse. We're just First Baptist in the cloud. That's it. But Jesus looks at us and he knows us. And he says, you're mine. You're mine. Not only are you mine, but you can know me. You can know what it means to live. And I'm calling you right where you're at because I'm, I'm the one that's providing the salvation here. It's not you. It's not anything else in this world. You guys heard earlier Psalm 4. David speaks from a heart, I believe, that understood that God, God knew him. He knew that. God knew him, right? Psalm 4, you're reading through there. You know, David's writing, he says, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. He understood who God was. David says, you've given me relief when I was in distress. How many people in here have been given relief when you were in distress? Because of God, amen? You know, there's a world out there today that's in distress and they need relief. It's not going to come through stimulus packages. It's not going to come through the perfect vaccines. It's not going to come through any of these things that the world may throw at us. It's only going to come through knowing Jesus. He's our God. David understood that. I think most of us here probably understand that. We, we may need to stand upon that, but we understand it. That God gives relief when we're in distress. David goes on, he says, be gracious to me and hear my prayer. You think God hears us today? We need to be people who are defined by our prayer. We need to be defined by who we are. I, I, don't, I don't say this like to brag or anything, but I really believe this as a pastor that, that one of the jobs that I'm, I'm commissioned to do is to pray for you guys. I spend a lot of my days just praying for y'all, praying for your strength, praying for your families, praying for your jobs, praying for the situations that you're going through. And I know that in today's day and age, that seems cheap, but it's not cheap. God commands us to be a people who pray. David says here, be gracious to me and hear my prayer. He knows that God's hearing him. He knows that that's happening. Oh men, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? I know sometimes we feel like the world's stepping on us, knocking us down. We just get rocking and rolling and then COVID hits again, right? We just get, we just get going down the road and somebody else gets the pr promotion at work or, or maybe, we, you know, whatever it is. We, we feel like things are just not going the way we should be going. How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for who? For himself. What does that mean? I, really, at the, the top value, when you think about that, look at those words. But know that the Lord God has set apart the godly for himself. In other words, God loves you. He chooses you. And he knows you. He's called you where you're at. He's equipped you and given you the ability to know him. He's done that because he wants to set you apart for, for himself. That word set apart could also be the word holy. Set apart. God has made us holy. A, a people who are holy be before him. We're not just First Baptists. We're not just, insert your name. We are his. 
And the Lord hears us when we call to him. It's beauty in all of this, church. It's beauty in all of this. David understood that. You and I, we, we can understand that today. And if we base our ministry here, if we base the way we live our lives on a daily basis, on these principles, this is where we need to be. Last week, man, we had uh, our lunch. That was a wonderful time, Daniel. I had a good time, you know? Food was great. Fellowship was great. The word was better. What's the point? Was it perfect? Did we have flashy PowerPoints? And, you know, did we have a million people there? No. But you know what? Jesus was lifted up. We keep doing that. We keep doing that. We keep plugging at it. You keep going at it. You know, if, if we're just going to base our ministry on what we want it to be, we're probably never going to reach that. But if we just say, you know what, God, we're just going to do this just to glorify you. That's where we need to be. That's where we need to be, is be a people who understand who God is, that we understand we've been called by him, and we understand the very the very big point, that today if we believe in him, we can live. And not only us, but those around us who don't know. I'm thankful for callings today, aren't you? I'm thankful for the calling that God has placed on my life because it's led me here. Thankful for the calling that God has placed on your life because guess what? It's brought you here. I know we're all Okies, but we're not, you know, I've man, never known a lot of you guys. But thanks be to God, he has a plan. So today I believe, and I, th- I think this is where we need to be at today, guys, understand that God's calling us right here, right now. He knows you, and he's going to equip you to do what he's called you to. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, you're good. You are so good. Father, I ask today as we, as we reflect upon these words from your scripture today, Father, we need to understand that you're, you're a God who's, who's in complete control and your plan is perfect. Father, we corporately say right now, thank you for calling us right where we are at. Lord, I thank you for calling those people in our community. You're already beginning that work. But Lord, I pray that you would send us forth because here's the point, Lord. You you have not only called us, you've not only set us apart, but Lord, you've also sent us out with the ability. You've equipped us to go forth. The message of the gospel is enough to save people. Father, may we be a church that adamantly screams that Jesus is Lord. John just said, behold the Lamb of God. May we be a church who, that's what we're known for. It's just pointing people toward you. Lord, it's beautiful because you know us. You know who we are. You created our, our inmost being, Father. We know in Scripture that you formed us in our mother's womb. Lord, if you knew us then, you know us now. Lord, I pray that you, your gospel would be on our lips, that we, we would be serious to, to bring people to you so they can be changed forever. Thank you for your truth and scripture. Thank you that we can believe. Thank you that we can have life. Lord, today if there be anyone that hears this message that does not know you, Father, I pray that you would call them to repentance and life. In your name, amen.